بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد فقد قال الله سبحانه وتعالى في القرآن المجيد بعد عوض بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وتلك الأيام نداولها بين الناس وليعلم الله الذين آمنوا ويتخذ منكم شهداء والله لا يحب الظالمين وليمحص الله الذين آمنوا ويمحق الكافرين صدق الله العظيم Respected friends, brothers and elders, mothers and sisters and as students السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our Lord, our sustainer, creator, provider, nourisher and the one who loves us the most, the one who plans, us for, plans for us the best, the one who cares for us the most. He has given us this great gift of time and great gift of life. And he has allowed us to invest it like someone who gives a Rasul Malik capital money and for free. Someone says, here's a hundred thousand, here's ten thousand dollars. And you can go ahead and invest as you wish. And if you do well, whatever profits that come from here, you get to keep it yourself. You have nothing to return to me, not even the capital. And if you do bad and you end up making wrong decisions, then don't come back to me crying. If you get arrested, you get in trouble with the government, etc. This is not my responsibility, but here's an extra free $100,000 that I've given you to invest as you wish. How happy and joyous a person would be at just even the thought of that. How many sitting here would say that would really make my year, not just my day? If someone would say, here's a gift of a hundred thousands, dear brother, sister, you know, you go ahead and invest in this as you wish. And you get to keep all of it. You don't have to even give me any return. Allah Jalla Jalaluhu has given you and I life, hayat. This is a indispensable something which is cannot, a price tag cannot even be put on it. Obviously not a hundred thousand or anything more or anything less. As we just heard in the Sira conference as well, and we've heard it many times as well, the story uh, of, of, of a king, one of the Khulafa of the Abbasids, who uh, was uh, asked by one of his scholars who would st- be spending time with him, correcting him and advising him, that what would you do, even though your Khilafa expands the horizon till the eye can see, all over, what would you do if you became very, 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 very thirsty and you didn't have the water, what would you pay for someone? You're at your last, you know, on the deathbed and you are dying thirsty and someone says, I've, I'll give you water. How much would you be willing to pay for that? After bargaining back and forth, what would you be willing to pay? You're tied up in a dungeon somewhere. It's been maybe, let's say, three, four days since you've drunk water. And someone says, here's a glass of water, but it costs money down here. What would you be willing to pay? And he said, most definitely, I'd be willing to pay anything. I'll pay half of the kingdom that I run. Half of it, I'll give it. So after a while, he said, okay, let's see, now it's gone down to your water. And now you, your body is not able to excrete it. You've got pain or you just simply is not able to excrete it. And someone is not able to, you're not allowed to pass urine. And someone comes to you and says, you know, I have the cure for this. You're screaming, howling in pain. I've got the cure for this. But it costs money. And you've been through this pain, let's say for four or five days. What would you be willing to pay for it? And he said, was definitely such pain, I would be, I'll be willing to pay the other half of the kingdom that I own in order to get this out of my body. Because it's such unbearable pain. 
So he told him, he said, how foolish is it for a person, he told the king, to give value to that world, which is not even equivalent to the passing of one water, one glass of water through the body. Half of the value of it coming in and half of the value going out. Right? So that when you say life is 100,000, no, it's not 100,000. It's way beyond that. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you and I this ra'sul mal. As soon as we're born, the clock begins to tick. As soon as a child is born, the clock begins to tick. And we're told, go ahead and invest this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, وَجَعَلْنَا اللَّيْلَ وَالنَّهَارَ آيَتَيْنَ We made the night and the day two big signs. The purpose of these signs is what? The clock is ticking. وَاللَّيْلِ إِذَا يَقْشَى وَالنَّهَارِ إِذَا تَجَلَّى Allah takes an oath on the night and He takes an oath on the day. And He says, إِنَّ سَعْيَكُمْ لَشَتَّى Indeed, your efforts are so vastly different. Some of you are investing this in the most proper way and you're only going to reap more and more rewards today and tomorrow. And some of you are squandering this away. And instead of simply, you see the problem with money and investment, you, we all know, it's not about simply losing the money. But if you invest it wrong, you end up with what? With debts. With debts. That's worse. When you, you, it'll be better than to zero. Now you're walking away with 200, 300, 400, half a million of debt. And injured this, you know, got this one angry, got that person angry, etc., etc. They're trying to get us into prison, so forth. You ended up with bigger problems. A person said, I wish I never even had this dirty money in the first place. I wouldn't be in this position. And that's exactly what a kafir will say. The disbeliever will say, I wish I was dust. I wish I didn't have to face this day. And that is why, that because of that same fear, the likes of Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu are saying, I wish I was like a blade of grass. That an animal would come by and eat away, and that was the end of my life. And to the extent it's been narrated that the Prophet even said, Oh, I wish I was simply a tree that would be plucked away, that would be taken away. Why is he saying that? How is the Nabi saying this? He says, Wallahi law ta'alamuna ma a'lam ladahiktum qalila wala bakaytum kathira wa ma taladhathtum bin nisa'i ala al-furush wala kharajtum ila sa'udati taj'aruna ila Allah O kama qala alayhi sallatu salam I swear by Allah, our Nabi doesn't have to take an oath. He is the most truthful after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But he is driving a point home. He said, I swear by Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Law ta'alamuna ma a'lam If only you knew what I know, لَضَحَكْتُمْ قَلِيلًا you, you would have laughed little وَلَبَكَيْتُمْ كَثِيرًا And you would have cried much If you knew what I know If you were to see what I see لَوْ تَسْمَعُونَ مَا أَسْمَعْ If you were to see what I see If you were to hear what I hear What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? فَلْيَضْحَكُوا قَلِيلًا وَلْيَبْكُوا كَثِيرًا If you're smart And if you're intelligent These disbelievers Allah is warning them Then you should reduce how much you laugh Increase how much you cry as someone, the mother who gets tired of the child bothering her all day, that son, daughter, whatnot, and says, listen, you're laughing right now, just watch till your father comes home tonight. And he's enjoying his laugh. He said, carry on laughing, carry on. If I were you, I wouldn't be laughing. I wouldn't be this happy. I wouldn't be so jolly if I were you. If only you know what's going to happen. But the child doesn't understand. He's going on. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, They should laugh. They should laugh less and cry a lot. If they only knew what awaits them. This is not a general rule for everyone. We're not saying that a person should not smile and be happy. The idea is that disbelievers, if they only knew what they have dug up for themselves, they wouldn't have the time and the energy to sit and laugh. They would start crying from now. So Rasulullah he said, If you knew what I know, then you would have cried a lot, laughed less, what else? You would have not been able to enjoy the company of your spouses on your beds. 
You would never have been able to enjoy the company of those most intimate times with your spouse. You would never be able to enjoy that. How is that example? Example of someone whose most beloved parent or child has passed away. And the janazah is in the house. It hasn't been removed yet. Now at that time, will a person will be, do you think his mind or her mind can have lustful thoughts at that time? Can the mind go towards anything? Obviously not. No matter where they are in. Because right now they got the biggest you know, raziyah, the biggest calamity has befallen. This is dead passed away yani, relative of theirs sitting in the house. How can you think about even food at this time? So Rasulullah knew what you and I don't know. So he said, if you were in that condition, you would not have been able to enjoy even the company of your spouses. And instead, you would run away from your homes and your localities to the far off open lands, open places, begging Allah for His forgiveness and, 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 and shelter. Right, so then yani Rasulullah had such ma'rifah and understanding of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which you and I don't have. That is why he was so afraid. And these statements of I wish I was a blade of grass that would be eaten away, I was I wish I was a, a plant that was plucked out. These are not things that are just exaggerations, hyperboles. No, this is reality. If you really know what he knew, you and I would have said things beyond this. But since we're unaware of that, or we are you know negligent of that. We forget that. We, we, the, our mind doesn't go there. So my brothers and sisters, we were talking about the ra'sul mal that we have. The greatest gift that we have is, 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 is waqt, is time. And that ra'sul mal is interesting. The hundred thousand that you have, you could invest in good things or bad things. And you either you can make or you lose. And you can go into negative. But if you decide to say that I have a very busy day today, let me keep this hundred thousand today. I tried throughout the day, throughout this week. Nothing much happened. But today is Jumu'ah. I don't want to be doing this. Let me focus on something else. So what's going to happen? That 100,000 is going to be as is. You come back at Maghrib and Isha time, it's going to be there. But the Ra'sul Mal, you and I dealing with the capital, you and I deal with is not like that. It is such that if you keep it to the side, and you say, I've got something very important to tend to, every minute that you tend to that, that thing is decreasing. You're losing on it. You're decreasing. There's no such thing as, let me store it away until I have the energy and the resources to put my mind to it. It doesn't work like that. Every minute that is passing, is moving forward. And here, we, lo and behold, we've come to an end of, of an year. A few months ago, you remember, I was discussing the Hijri year. And now here we are at the end of the, uh, the, the Gregorian year. And, and subhanAllah, we can all probably remember where we were last December, where we were on this day, where we were uh, in, the, in the holidays. And as quick as we can imagine, it's all over. So quick. Students, those who are not married have gotten married. Those who didn't have children already have now children. Those who had few have more. Those who didn't have jobs now do. Those who had jobs lost them. Those who are just uh, looking to get into you know, a, a grade school have now moved forward. Any milestones have, huge milestones we have passed just in this one year. And of course at an international level, at a domestic level, at a national level, so many massive events have taken place that have changed the course of history uh, for good, for good. Uh, and, and that is something we witnessed this year. So this Rasul Mal, you and I have to ask ourselves, this capital, what are we doing with it? Allah Jalla Jalaluhu, throughout the Qur'an, that's why He takes an oath on day and night, and He even takes an oath on, as the famous ayah, Wal-Asr, the oath of time. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after taking the oath of time, says a beautiful statement, straightforward, this is a fact, this is not speculation, this is a fact. The entire human race, the entire human race is on the way, on the trajectory of destruction. Forever, for eternity. Straight into a pit of hell. Complete destruction and damnation in this world and the next. Everyone, 
Everyone, except a few exceptions. Except for the few exceptions. Who are those exceptions? Except for those who believe, who have faith. So if a person doesn't have faith, then no matter how rosy it may seem, no matter how beautiful the garden may be, no matter how nice the backyard may look like, no matter how beautiful the ice sculptures may be, no matter how nice the, the, the investments may, may be growing at whatever rate, but if a person does not have faith and does not have a'mal salih and good deeds, according to Allah and the oath that he takes, this person is on the trajectory of, it's, of destruction. It's either today or it's tomorrow, but it's coming. And along with that, he doesn't just have faith and good deeds, but with that, a person is constantly inviting people towards good, creating wake-up calls. That stay awake and ensure everyone around you is awake. And is also along with that, inviting people to be patient. Because when you tell people to do what's right, they'll get upset at you. They'll get upset at you, they'll get angry at you. We say, why don't you mind your own business? So now at this time, a person will say, sabr. We have to tell each other, remain patient. Just because I'm inviting you to something good, you don't need to get upset at me. You don't need to get angry at me, then why me? This is out of brotherly love and sisterly love that we are creating an environment of mutual uh, reminding. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, besides these four categories, everyone else is on the trajectory of, of failure. Brothers and sisters, now... It's, 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 it's a time for, for me, for you, all of us to look down and see. When Allah says, Indeed, your affairs are different. Your affairs are very varied. What's happening? What, what direction are we in? Are we going in the direction of Or are we Are we on the path of the one who uh, that he gives, he's charitable and believes in the message of Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and doesn't think of himself as self-sufficient or are we on the, are on the path in the group of those who hold back and are, uh, think of themselves to be self-sufficient and belie in the true uh, message of Islam both of them are taking place they are both groups Allah says, Who are the I'm the one, He is the one who created you. Some from amongst you are disbelievers, some of you are rejectors, and some of you are believers. They're both amidst you. All of us have to ask ourselves, What group do we belong in? The passing of days, some days are good, some days are not so great, we may, we may say. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, These days, these days that come, like there's Rasul Mal, this capital, like the market outside, some days it goes up and some days it goes down. Similarly, the days of your life, some days there are what you want them to be, and some days they aren't what you want them to be. But it, what goes around comes around. No one has a life that's always the way they want it to be. And no one has a life that is never what they want it to be. There's definitely moments, if you think things are going really, really bad for you, go to the bathroom and you are able to relieve yourself. Halas, that's it. Remember, that's half of the kingdom right there. If you think your life is going really bad, go to the water fountain and drink. And if you're able to get water from there and drink, that's a half of the world that you own right there, according to the Amir al-Mu'mineen. Right? So things apparently may seem going very wrong for us. But when we look at it in the grand scheme of things and how Allah has been with us in the past, we'll realize that no, it's not as bad as we make it to be. Allah is saying these are the days that we make it go around amongst people. Sometimes the way you want it, sometimes you don't. And believers will know 
believers will come to know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is completely in control. So when, we, when we want or when things go our way, it's not because we're smart or because we are prepared. It's because Allah is with us. And when things go the other way and it pushes, away, pushes, pushes us away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's not that we are not adequately prepared. It's simply possibly we have angered Allah. Possibly we have done something to uh, get ourselves away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's assistance. So th- these days, the, the passing of these days should be a reminder. If you're going through a, a, an up time, a high time, well remember there was a time that wasn't so high. And if you're going through a low time, then remember that there was times before this that were very enjoyable. Brothers and sisters, as we, um, you know, the country celebrates, the majority of the country celebrates the holidays, and we have people with us, um, obviously of different faiths, who ask us about your thoughts on the holiday, and what, what does Islam have to say? It is a mo- it's a great opportunity for us to uh, present the message of Islam in a proper manner. And we shouldn't shy away from that. We should take this opportunity to present what we have and talk about Isa ibn Maryam alayhi salatu salam as mentioned in, in, in the Qur'an and the miraculous birth of Isa alayhi salatu salam and the beautiful uh, gifts that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed Isa alayhi salatu salam with. And the fact that the very first thing that our Nabi Isa, we believe in him to be a prophet. We believe in him to be a very close prophet. We believe in him to be a prophet that came right before Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. We believe in whatever has been authentically attributed to him. But the miracle was that as soon as he was born, he began to speak. We know that. And one of the things he said, Qala inni Abdullah. The very first thing Allah says in Surah Maryam, He says, Inni Abdullah. I am the slave of Allah. That's who I am. So I know this is very shocking. I'm only two years old, three years old, or whatever, and I'm speaking. But before you, you're, you start getting doubts about me, the very first thing that I'm going to tell you is, Inni, indeed I am Abdullah, a servant of the one who's made me speak. Atani al kitab. He's going to give me a book. And he will make me into a prophet. Not God, but rather make me into a prophet. And he will make me blessed wherever I may go and wherever may be, blessing will come with me. And he has ordered me to be punctual on salah and punctual on giving of alms and zakah. So long as I'm living. And he has ordered me to be kind and righteous to my mother. The rights of the mother. It's, not, it's coming from so long. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not made me wretched, nor has He made me hard-hearted and oppressive. And He makes dua. Allah mentions the dua. Peace and salam descend upon me the day I was born. And the day I shall die. And the day I shall be resurrected once again alive in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our aqidah and belief is just like all the other prophets. We believe in Isa والسلام, being a very chosen, ma'asum, innocent prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who was born without sin, who was born without a sin being committed, and who born, did not bore our sin. Allah says, no soul. This is the rule of Allah. This is the justice of Allah. This is not fair. Try that with anyone else. Try that with anyone else. That there's, we get pulled over and the cop comes to us and says, you know what, there's 10 people speeding. I'm going to give you 10 tickets for all those people are speeding. Because I just have you on the side here. I'm lazy to go stop all those people. That's oppressive. Why would a person take the blame of others? And why would Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this goes against Allah. Allah says, وَمَا رَبُّكَ بِظَلَّامٍ لِلْعَبِيدٍ Allah doesn't oppress His servants. لَا يَظْلِمْ Allah says, I don't oppress even an iota worth. 
نقيرة. I don't even oppress the amount equivalent to that small white thread that's on a date and a white covering that's on a date. Most definitely Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not going to put the entire humanity's sins upon one person. And that also of a prophet. My brothers and sisters, he was ma'soom. He was a protected, innocent prophet protected by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he came with great advice for us. And we share that advice. And I'll share with you a hadith that have been uh, uh, shared in the books of hadith. There are many obviously, but just a few things that we might be able to relate with our, our, our non-Muslim friends as well. Imam Ahmad rahimullah mentions that Isa salam is attributed to him that he said, the virtuous acts, actions, a virtuous action does not consist in doing good to someone who has good to you. Virtue, yani ihsan, is not about doing good to someone who has done good to you. That is merely returning a favor. That is bartering of services. That is simply payback. Rather, virtuous action consists in doing good to those who have wronged you. And that is what Rasulullah has mentioned. Uh, that, وَأَحْسِنْ إِلَى مَنْ أَسَاءَ إِلَيْكِ be good to the one who has done evil to you. That's where, forgive the one who has oppressed you. And do ihsan, and be super kind, and go out of your way to those who have done wrong to you. According to another riwayah, uh, mentioned that Isa salam said, that if a day of fasting comes upon one of you, then he talks about that, let him, uh, oil his hair and beard and let him moisten his lips so that others do not think and do not think that you are thirsty moisten your lips make yourself look nice don't make yourself look disheveled and tired because this would go against the sincerity keep yourself in aware in a manner as Allah says these are such poor people such beautiful poor people in the sight of Allah that the rich think of them to be I'm sorry you think of them to be rich due to them never extending their hand although they don't have the means but they will act as though they are wealthy because they don't want you to give charity to them they have that sense of self-respect and self-esteem that I only take from Allah I don't want to take from the people so they present themselves in a, more, in a better manner than they actually are. So Isa is reported to have said that a person should oil his lips and comb his hair and look beautiful on a day that he's fasting lest others begin to think that he is you know, in fasting or in need. And if he gives alms with his right hand, let him conceal that from his left. Should he pray, let him draw the curtain across his door. Surely Allah apportions praise to people just as provisions is apportioned. SubhanAllah. Meaning if you want appreciation and you want praise, it will come to you from Allah. Don't look for it. Don't beg for it. Don't run after it. Just like rizq is maqsoom, izza is maqsoom, mahabba is maqsoom, love is maqsoom, all of those things have been distributed already. Indeed, those who believe and who do righteous deeds, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring for them mahabba and love. And will put that and cast that into the hearts of the people. So there are many other uh, beautiful narrations that are attributed to Isa والسلام, that can be found in our books of hadith and our books of tafsir. We love him dearly like our dear Prophet والسلام, and all the other prophets. And that needs to be mentioned. How much we love your Prophet, how much do you love ours? This is what our Nabi, this is what our Quran speaks about, about your, about your yani, figure, important figure. To the extent the whole ayats are mentioned about him. 
at the very least, we're not, at the very least, we ask for some mutual respect. Mutual respect. Let's not go and start call, calling our Prophet names and, and accusing him of billah, horrible things that you wouldn't want to even accuse your enemy of. That level of respect should we not have for each other. But when they do not know what respect you and I afford to Isa ibn Maryam alayhi salam, then they think, they think that he, we treat him the way they treat Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And you need to let him know that our iman is completely invalid. No matter how much we fast, no matter how much we give alms, no matter how much we pray. But if we have any ill feelings regarding Isa ibn Maryam, and we accuse him of anything which he hasn't committed, or we completely take him out of the picture, then there goes our faith. While other huge uh, groups of people, whether it's the Buddhists, whether it's the uh, Zoroastrians, whether it's you know, Hindus, they have no concept of Isa ibn Maryam. And you have no problem with that. They, he's not even, there's no rele- irrelevant to them. For us, he is super relevant. If, we, if anyone disbelieves in Isa ibn Maryam as being a prophet of Allah, he's out of the fold of Islam. So that's how much relevance we give. So let's set the record straight. That we are genuinely closer to you than you think. And do not let others create that division. So this is definitely a good opportunity for us in the office, at school, or wherever we may be, to bring about Isa ibn Maryam's discussion, the way it was brought up in front of Najashi. And Ja'far ibn Abi Talib uh, recited the verses uh, of, Surah Isa, of Surah Maryam, and the king he, you know, got affected by that and began to cry over what, what was being recited and what was being said. I pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He makes this upcoming year a better year than the past. And whatever mistakes, major, minor, that the ummah and all of us individually and collectively has committed, I pray to Almighty Allah that He allows us to return to Him in repentance, turn to Him in repentance, allow our last day of our life to be the best day of our life, the end portion of our life to be the best portion of our life. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to remove the suffering of the entire ummah. Allow it to be a wake-up call for all of us. Allow it to be a wake-up call for all of us. Allow it to be a wake-up call for all of us to begin to fill up. These are holidays. Saturday, Sunday, no one's working. Next week, no one's working. There's no reason for us not to come for Isha Salah. There's no reason for us not to come for Fajr Salah. We are at home. Drive by to your local masjid and begin to fill up the masajid. You and I deep down know that whatever's happening is happening because Allah allowed it to happen. And the only one, the only one, the only one that has an exit plan, an exit strategy, and a way to get us out of this mess is Allah Jalla Jalaluhu. And the way to get back to Him and turn back to Him is through tawbah istighfar and through salah and dua. If we collectively, it's not one man's responsibility, one man can't do it. If one man can do it, we just get one red person ready, say, you do it. That would have been an easy job, but we can't. We pay Him 200,000, we pay Him 100 million, so you just do dua and ibadah for the entire community and we're set. I wish it was like that, but it doesn't work like that. We all have to collectively, collectively be part of this revival of returning back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let this year end be a time for reflection of what's happening and what's happened this year and allow us to renew our intentions to getting close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Inshallah, we request you to stand up and fill up the safs and perform the sunnah.